Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. Uh, it is Thursday, this yeah, December. <laughs> December, I just looked at the date too. This Thursday, December 8th, 12:33 p.m. 2022. And I wanted to continue my episode or my talk on AI. So I've been going through my mind on what I said yesterday or the last time I spoke about it. And I feel like I I kind of miss some important details or, or kind of play some things off where I didn't really want to dismiss. Um, so I want to get more into depth about that. So, oh, got some folks coming in. Um, uh, so yeah, I think I mentioned before that, oh, you know, AI, people complain about AI would take jobs. Um, and I was like, oh, probably not going to take anything you know, serious is like taking the stuff that people don't really want to do in the first place, which I still think is true to an extent. However, I, even at the time, as I said that, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to make it seem like this is not a serious problem, right? It is a serious problem because unfortunately, a lot of people do have jobs in which they don't enjoy, but they still need those jobs, right? Um, they still need to make money because as we live in this dumbass capitalistic system <laughs> right um so there is still a lot of kind of jobs out there that people don't really necessarily want to do or maybe don't enjoy but still have to do anyway so it is unfortunate that it will take probably you know take some of those jobs um and at the same time i did further research on um the visual side right so i was mostly talking about chat gpt but this it's not just chat, right? It's also visuals. It's, it's the uh, dolly, right? It's the um, stable diffusion. It's the um, mid journey, you know, all these AI things that they have now where you can put in a prompt and it makes an image based on your prompt, right? But it's not just making an image out of nowhere. It's taking those images from all the data that it was given. That data is, of course, a bunch of images that were online, not necessarily yes they were free to see but they weren't necessarily free right this is the, and this is a really important point here that i have 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 been learning more and more about in the past couple of days so one of the biggest problems with uh this in terms of art is that these especially for the uh training for uh, goodness especially for the the image-based ai but it also still applies to the chat-based ai they are trained on other people's stuff right again when it comes to chat this is not a huge problem because you know even if it it, if it's trained on somebody you know somebody's writing or something like that that's much harder to you know put into a style and say oh that's my style of writing because even if you know it, it copies your style it it, it really comes down to the content, right? The story, the the what you're developing or what you're writing, um, that determines whether or not that style even matters or is or is quote unquote valuable to certain people, right? Um, but the problem with art, <laughs> with visual art, is that your style is half of your content, if not more, right? It's <laughs> the the entire reason why artists certain artists get chosen over others is because people like their style so when this visual ai is trained what they do is they take a bunch of images that they can find online 
through Google Images, but also through things like Pinterest, through things like DeviantArt, through whatever you know, um, image searching software that you can that they can find. You know, stock images, uh, photography images. You know, all these places that you can find images online. They take all of that, they scrape all of that data, and feed it to this uh, machine, to the, to this computer system. And that system um, meshes these things together, right? Looks at like how these things are drawn, how, how they look and all this other stuff to come up with these different images when you write a prompt. So it's mash, whenever you give it a prompt, it's not necessarily drawing it from its own mind or whatever because people like to anthropomorphize things. How the neural network works, right, is that it takes pieces from any, any of its data that it's seen, right, and then mashes it together in a way that makes sense to our perception. This is really important to note, right? I tried to communicate this in the Lambda episode. When I was talking about Google's um, quote-unquote AI. And this is why certain people in this field, or a lot of people, right, when you go and research AI, um, a lot of the actual AI researchers will tell you that, or like to, you know, kind of put their argument that th- um, things like language learning models and... Um, the image-based models are not really AI, right? They're a neural processing unit or whatever they want to call it, right? Like a, they're, <laughs> they're a model, a, a language learning model or a image learning model, right? And yes, there is an argument even with that to say that is AI. It's just we don't call it AI because, you know, the field, like the definition of what AI is kind of changes over over the years, right? Which I under, also understand. But... I actually do think it is useful to not call this stuff AI. Why? Because when we talk about artificial intelligence, right? Even the, the layman, when they think about AI, we, 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 we have this perception of a computer system, right? Some sort of computer, some non-humanoid thing that is self sentient right and in, in, in a way that is that is able to understand things that is able to perceive the world that is able to take commands that is able to do things based on what you want them to do right therefore it is not you you, you can't i put it this way when people think about ai they think about you know something like a robot right something that can can do actions Right of its own accord, based on somebody else's commands, right? But these systems, ChatGPT, um, uh, GPT, like just the image processing ones, they're not taking perceptions of the world. They have no perceptions of the world. The entire "quote unquote" world is millions, if not billions, of points of data, <laughs> right? And you can say, oh, the world outside is just data, right? Maybe you can make that argument, but <laughs> it's if, if, if this world that we see is just data, then the world that they see, quote unquote, see, is super abstracted data. It's simulacra data, <laughs> right? It's, it's all they see, quote unquote, see, is images or text, right? With no context. The only context they get is whatever is supplied with that data. So again, 
when you're writing, for instance, like with ChatGPT, you can see this very clearly <laughs> if you put certain prompts, right? Like, how do I, um, like I said, you know, how, how do I make a blockchain, for instance, right? You can ask it this prompt and it will tell you some nice, you know, um, simple things on how to, how to make a, like the overall things. And it, <laughs> it often says overall, you know, at the end there. It says overall, this is how you do it. It's, it's very formulaic. Um, but the point here is that it can tell you these, these highlight things. But then when, you, when it drills down to it, it can't tell you beyond that. Why, right? It will say, oh, refer back to this. Or go ask this person or this type of person or whatever. Right? Um, and the reason for that is because it's not trained... Is not able to understand what it actually, what a blockchain actually is, right? It is, it is essentially regurgitating information of what it was given on what a blockchain is, right? So when you Google, you know, what is a blockchain, you might find a bunch of search articles, a bunch of articles on it, a Wikipedia page, all this other stuff. This AI essentially has taken all those definitions from all those pages and summarized it <laughs> right and put it together in a way that it can say okay this is you know a quote-unquote blockchain right it doesn't have the ability to understand the real world you know applications of a blockchain right what it looks like in the real world Right, maybe a blockchain is a bad example because most of us don't have a real world application of a blockchain. So I'll put it like this: you know, uh, um, you could say a car. All right, <laughs> it can describe to you all day what a car is based on text or based on images, but it can't tell you what it feels like to be in a car. Right? Oh, here's a, here's a great example that I actually did. Right? I asked it, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm writing, you know, a story about trees and water and stuff like that. And, like, trying to see from the perspective of trees and water. Right? And so, for me, it's very useful to be able to think about, to be able to look up and see how does other people think about, you know, what it might be like to live as a tree or as water or whatever. Right? So, I like to research into animism, into um, different metaphors, into different types of stories about trees and all this other stuff. Um... So I asked the AI, or ChatGPT, you know, <laughs> what, you know, what would what would a forest? How would you describe a forest if you were a tree, right? And I said it different ways, right? I was like, oh, another prompt I gave it was, you know, uh, um, you you take the perspective of a tree, and I'll take the perspective of a mushroom. Describe to me, you know, how a forest is, or how it related, or this, that. And, you know, I was giving it various prompts like that, and <laughs> every time. It, it was not actually able to, you know, paint me a picture from a tree's perspective. It just, it just was like, you know, yeah, a tree, I am a tree and I am so connected to the, to the forest and I can, you know, do this and do that, you know. <laughs> it was a kind of almost a generic response, right, from an almost third person type of view. It couldn't imagine, you know, like a human would, what it would actually be like to be a tree, Right, and this is and this is even harder for us humans to do. You know, I, I'll give you that. But the point here <laughs> is that this that this shows you why it's not an AI, right? Because an artificial intelligence, at least how most of us imagine an AI to be, 
is a, a, a basically a non-human being right <laughs> and so what i mean by that is that it's something that can imagine for itself right regardless of of what its experiences is or what is you know technology allows it to do it can extract beyond that it can extrapolate and and you know make assumptions or make all these things right whereas these this gbt you know um, or any of these image processing or you know chat pro- text processing systems cannot really imagine beyond their training data they can only mash things together in more and more ways and more and more I'll grant you creative ways it can be creative with it but it can't imagine beyond it right if I ask another human being what it's like to be a tree they might you know they might have different levels of it like some people will say oh I'm, I'm standing still the whole time and you know <laughs> um, I sway in the wind or something like that um, but for for those of us that really get into it right we can get into death like with my story where I'm thinking about oh the fact that you know their perception is slower and so you know um, they only see or might perceive on a, on a time scale of of uh of weeks you know or day like every day is like a it's like an hour or something like that or a second (laughs) you know um and i'm like trying to describe the story in this way right which is difficult because i'm you know still have to communicate it through human language but the point is like when i'm you know describing something from another's perspective i'm trying to put myself in that perspective Right? And the only reason I can do that is because of intelligence, right? Because I can imagine beyond what I have personally experienced. But this system cannot do that. Right? It can give you information on what a tree might experience. Right? I told it to write a story from a tree's perspective, and it gave a similar type of thing, you know. Oh, it's you know, I've been here for a long time, and yeah, a tree some humans have cut cut me down or cut my you know, family down or whatever, but I am still here, and maybe I have hope, you know, it's, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> um, very generic stuff, very kind of informational, but it is, it, it doesn't really, you know, go too much in, more into depth, it doesn't really delve into that, that, that altered state of perspective, that altered state of imagination of reality, you know, um, so all this to say that, I do, I do resonate with the fact that some people don't even call, don't even deem this as AI, you know, but more of a advanced, you know, um, computational. um, uh, I forgot what they call it, but you know, basically mixing system, right? That can mix a bunch of data together to, in order to extrapolate um, stuff from that. But (laughs) at the same time, you know, people are calling it AI, so we call it AI. Um, but to get to, 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 to talk back on what I was saying before in terms of jobs, I do think it's it's really it is going to be really harmful, right? Um, specifically for art. Um, so what I was saying earlier is that it's trained on people's AI. I'm um, goodness on people's art, right? So you 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 can draw something and put it online, and then this tool, this AI was trained on your data on your art right and it was done without consent right that's one of there's two things that makes us super (laughs) nefarious in terms of art is that number one 
it is it scraped a bunch of data without asking any of the author any of the artists you know um, to get that data right nobody was told that their data is going to be used to create this system that other people can then use to replicate their art and number two it does so and many people are making businesses where they're getting money <laughs> and not being paid and it, well the artists are not being paid right so once again you can say hey draw me a picture of you know a tree or a self-portrait or whatever and then you can even specify in this artist style you can name a specific artist and if it can find that online anywhere <laughs> and if it has data on that artist right so if that artist ever posted anything online right regardless if it was just a demo or whatever just you know some just some examples of what they can do regardless if it has any of that in its in its data bank <laughs> it can you know create a picture in that artist style it can copy that artist instantly I mean, it might take a couple seconds or maybe even a couple minutes, but basically instantly. And then you pay <laughs> that platform for it. You pay $8 or whatever <laughs> for it. And so what this does is it vastly decreases the quote-unquote value of art. Right? So now anybody can get high-quality art from an AI for like for cheap right and yes I do think it is good is a good thing that more people can have these artistic renditions of different things and can get art from different things but the fact is that we live in a capitalistic system where things are often stolen from the smaller people right from the indie artists from the people who are already suffering, already trying to make a living doing what they love. And technology is being made to be extremely biased towards those with more power. Right? It's not an average, it's not the artist that can make an AI of their own art and then, you know, scale that up so that they can make art for everybody. Right? And then have a more affordable art so that they can get instead of paying instead of having one person pay you know eighty dollars for one art piece they can have a hundred people pay eight dollars no they, that's not that's not what's happening here it's these big ass corporations right some of them even nonprofits but that's still a corporation in some ways right these big ass corporations that are stealing data from all these indie artists from all these other people online. And then turning it into their own privatized, you know, uh, system. Or some of them, right, like OpenAI, it's is, is all open source, it's free. However, <laughs> the only people that can turn that into a business are the people who already have the capability of knowing how to train data, knowing, you know, how to do all these things. And then make it, turning that into a service so that other people now can can also steal that person's art can also steal artist's work and get paid you know that company gets paid for it and that person has you know super cheap quote unquote affordable art so we're at a really tricky time right now where you have this amazing technology 
right? Creating these amazing benefits, but also destroying the actual art form, destroying the actual, you know, craft of making art. And what I mean by that is how many people now going forward are going to want to be artists when they know that if they ever put anything online, it will be stolen and then monetized and then they won't even receive credit, much less monetization. So I really worry is going to significantly decrease you know, the type of art that we see going forward while at the same time creating more of a samey type of vibe. Because something else that you notice with this, with this AI, quote-unquote, art, is that it's fairly limited, right? Even, even though it has access to all this training data, it can only create things, again, based on the training data. So it's very difficult for it to extrapolate beyond that. For instance, I used um, the Dolly Mini, otherwise known as Crayon. They have it, C-R-A-I-Y-O-N, right? And I said, uh, uh, do a solar punk city. Now, there's plenty of images of solar punk cities. However, something that you notice is that right now, especially with, like with solar punk, we have this problem where there is a schism between actual solar punk, which is like this artistic, you know, rebellion of capitalism where you're creating these beautiful, you know, um, urban environments that are based on sustainable architecture and sustainable practices, right? So instead of having these, uh, all these skyscrapers and metal and glass and all this other stuff, you have gardens, you have vertical farming, you have um, street side, you know, walkable cities, right? But it's being co-opted by this idea of green capitalism or greenwashing or, you know, green, you know, architecture or whatever, where all they do is they still have their skyscrapers, but it's literally just painted green, right? They just put some plants on it. So it looks like vertical farming, but really it's not. It's just a bunch of like patios with, <laughs> with little gardens on them, right? And to to the outside observer, right, that's not really you, that doesn't really know what solar punk is. It looks it looks better, right? It looks sort of more um, sustainable, right? It has the has the outward appearances of sustainability of green stuff of nature, but it's not realistic, right? And it's very corporatized, right? You you just have like a bunch of again a bunch of skyscrapers. With green on it, with greenery, <laughs> you know, visible in the windows or patios or whatever. But real solar punk is not about building skyscrapers with greenery on it. It's reimagining, hey, maybe we don't need skyscrapers. Maybe we actually need more middle housing, right? Little five, six story buildings um, with little, you know, courtyards in the middle where you can have gardens and, and little farms and things like that. Um, and even if you do have vertical farming, it's not like four entire skyscrapers. It's like on this, you know, um, five, six, maybe even ten story tall building. Right. Um, and all of that is is juxtaposed by, you know, having streetcars uh, going around and having, you know, canals and, and stuff like that. Having uh, uh, bullet trains or something like that. Right. Like, 
more walkability, more walkability, more sustainable, you know, stuff and all these other things, right? That is what solar punk is about. But these images, right? Or these these quote unquote AI, right? When they take this idea of solar punk, remember when you put things online, anybody can tag it any sort of way. So these people who are putting these greenwashing stuff of this, you know, um, giant skyscrapers with a little bit of green shrubbery stuff like that, they can call that solar punk. They can tag it solar punk for the SEO optimization, for the search engine optimization, but it's not actually solar punk, right? There's no quality control. And so it's probably trained on all of this data that is not necessarily labeled or tagged correctly. <laughs> right? So you're going to have, I think you're going to see more and more of this, especially as people, you know, get a little bit out of the, the, the same old doing a, oh, do my portrait, but anime, right? <laughs> Even with that, you can you, you can still see this like too clean thing like this. Um, especially you see this problem with black, with black people, right? You can say, you know, have my, uh, you can give it like a, a picture of a black person, right? Like myself, um, and just, you know, give it different, give me different versions of this picture. And it will, nine times out of ten, whitewash the picture. So they'll make me look lighter. Like, I'm fairly dark-skinned. <laughs> I'm fairly dark-skinned. But if I were to put my image in an AI, right, um, and it, regardless of whether or not I cartoonify it, but especially if I cartoonify it, it will make my skin lighter. Because the the data is biased <laughs> based on you know the stuff that's that's out there online. That's what they. That's another problem with quote unquote AI that's not actually intelligent, <laughs> All right? Or it has a very narrow definition of intelligence, right? There's this idea that AI is unbiased and it just gives you information, but really it's giving you information based on the data, and if the data is biased, right? Because of the people who put it in there. Uh, because of wrong labeling, because of you know um, racism, because of any sort of reason, then the information you get out will also be biased, and therefore the quote unquote AI will also be biased. And what makes it even worse is that the AI does not have the ability to know that it is biased. <laughs> How can it? It's not self-aware, not really. It, it can't self-correct. So there's there's all these these problems here, and it's very concerning, especially because if you look at once again the art piece, you you also have this problem. I'll say I'll call it like the Fortnite effect, <laughs> and I think maybe Fortnite has begun to fix this a little bit, but like you know with the emotes and things like that, um, you have these dancing emotes and all this other stuff, but. They don't give, rec they didn't give recognition to who came up with those dances, and they made money from it. So this is why what's the name of uh, Carlton, 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 <laughs> um, with you know the Cole Carlton dance. Uh, he was suing Fortnite, rightfully so, because he came up with this dance for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, and that was just you know a thing that people did. It was no problem that people used it. That people also did the Carlton, right? But it was it wasn't until Fortnite came out. Where they sell, they they would sell this dance for like five to eight dollars or a couple hundred V bucks, right? So they're now they're monetizing, they're getting money <laughs> from this dance that they did not create, they only animated it, right? 
They didn't create it. They only animated it. But they're getting all of the profits. They wasn't. They were. They didn't give any any of that back to the to uh the person who made that dance, and that's just a dance that was made like twenty years ago. All right, there's people, um, who are not famous, who made dances popular on TikTok or whatever, way in the last like two to five years, and Fortnite would just take those dances, and monetize them, would give no credits to the creator, give no money back to the creators. And so you have this parasitic effect. You have this parasitic relationship with this giant-ass billion-dollar company is making billions off of, you know, the, the uh, vulturization, right? Off of being a vulture of culture, being a little culture vulture, <laughs> right? And so I think AI does a similar type of thing, where it's training on data that is popular, that is, you know, available online without giving any credit or, you know, facilitating any sort of exchange between the money that that companies make off of that data, off of that AI services, back to the original creators. And then, so yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just really, really, really sad, (laughs) really scary to some extent. And again, I do think you're going to have, you know, AI artists. I think you're going to have people who, who are really good at creating prompts and everything like that and um, working with AI to create new things and, and have new type of art and all this other stuff. But we also have to be careful that we aren't, you know, destroying lives <laughs> unnecessarily because there is a solution. Like we could, you know, have the AI be better labeled, right? So that, number one, people can improve those labels and they can spot these biases before it's even trained on it. But also, number two, when it does create things, it can say, oh, I got this from here, right? This, this, like I mentioned before, when I was uh, giving it ChatGPT some prompts, I tried to ask it, where'd you get this data? <laughs> like, where'd you get this information? And it couldn't tell me. I said, oh, I'm not connected to the internet or I'm blah, 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 blah. This is, I think this is a terrible, you know, thing that OpenAI did. I understand why they didn't connect, they don't have it connected to the internet right now, but they should have included the sources for the data it is given. And yeah, maybe it makes it a harder problem, right, of training that data or whatever. But it's more ethical. And OpenAI is supposed, that's the whole point of OpenAI. It's supposed to be creating AI to be more ethical, to be more open. To be more transparent. So the fact that OpenAI does not do this is extremely concerning. So yeah, we need to connect. You need to have better labeling. And then when people, you know, create services where they are monetizing the AI's capabilities, there should be a mechanism for a portion of that to go back to the creators of that art style that they are using that technique or whatever and that will facilitate a better marketplace right talk about free market that will enable more people to actually participate in the market and more people to be incentivized to create because now you know like imagine how the 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 explosion of creativity we can we can harness if everybody knows that when you create something and put it online even if you're 
if you, even if nobody actually sees your specific art, right? That's a huge problem today. Like, it's really hard to just show people what you have. You know that some AI will crawl the internet and take everything and then create things from it, right? So that people who are using that AI system or any other AI system based on that data can now, use, can now see your art or create art from your art even if they didn't know, you know, you existed. And then because of that, other people can now see, oh, this is the inspiration for how this AI came up with this. Let me go see what they have. Let me go back to the original creator. And then you can have that back and forth there, right? Let me tip this person or tip these artists. Like maybe you can even have this uh, amazing, you know, experience where AI is mashing together art from many of these different artists who would never have collaborated before who who never have known about each other before and create this amazing new art and then people can tip all the artists that were in that creation and yes maybe that does mean all the artists don't get as much individually but the more people use ai right the more people use these combinations and everything like that then the more they'll have um these these uh you know these tips and everything like that the more you have this this actual trickle effect <laughs> hesitate to call it trickle down for obvious reasons but you have an actual trickle effect you have an actual network effect where everybody involved in the network also gets benefits instead of like this is this is one of the problems with with current technology it's not unbiased it's extremely biased because it's biased towards those who can exploit the technology. And we even, we even you know, reward them. We even moralize this. We say, oh, if they were smart enough to do this, then yeah, they deserve all the wins and gains and stuff like that. But that's just, that just creates a zero-sum game. That reduces the amount of people who will compete or who will co- cooperate or who will you know participate in the first place if they know that only a certain like only one person can win or only a handful of people can have most of the winnings then that's going to decrease the amount of people who will even participate in the first place and on top of that 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 only attracts the people who are willing to exploit people in the first place that attracts the people who are who who have more narcissistic tendencies, who have so much confidence that they will win, regardless of whether or not they actually have the skill to win. To where it's that that playing field becomes inhospitable to people who do not have those narcissistic or exploitative, you know, malignant, you know, type of characteristics. In fact, we see that, you know, today with uh, people who become... Uh, large-scale CEOs. The vast majority of these people, not just CEOs, but also politicians, right? The vast majority of these people in the leadership roles are (laughs) psychopathic, are sociopaths. And so it makes it harder and harder for a nice person, for just a good person, (laughs) to get into these leadership positions and, and, and into these circles of power. Because the entire playing field becomes more and more inhospitable to that sort of generosity, to that sort of quote unquote weakness. Right? 
So it incentivizes the exact wrong type of behaviors and the exact wrong type of you know, characteristics that we, we say we want in our leaders. And instead, it encourages people to um, exploit the system. It encourages you know, only the, the people who want to or are okay with exploit, that exploitation to participate in the system. And so the system itself becomes more and more corruptible or more and more corrupt. And so, like, <laughs> this is like, this is the problem with this sort of technology. And this is why we need to design technology from the ground up to be more cooperative, to be more altruistic, to be more egalitarian. If we see, say we really want technology to be unbiased or whatever, to be just tools, then we have to think about how we can enable or empower the right type of behaviors, right? And the right type of um, circumstances and characteristics and stuff like that and behaviors. Again, imagine if OpenAI or any sort of, you know, these companies created an AI system that automatically from the get-go, you know, got consent from the people who, who from the people who was getting his data from. So educated people on, you know, why is getting that data, what's, what it's going to be used for, and the benefits that they can get from it. All right? And yes, and this is one of the problems too, right? It is harder to do so. <laughs> it is harder. This is also why, right, like egalitarianism and things like that takes effort. It's not a natural state. But at the same time, the same thing actually goes for um, being unethical. We have to realize that the reason why it's so easy is because the system we have today is vastly biased towards those sorts of behaviors. It's not because it's a natural state of the world. It's just a natural state of the current system. So yes, right now it is harder to be more ethical and egalitarian and stuff like that. But as the playing field changes, we can make it easier to be egalitarian, to be ethical, and make it harder to be unethical, to make it harder to be um, exploitative and stuff like that. <sighs> so I really hope we can... Um, people listening to this can you know create ai or talk to people who who do or whatever <laughs> and let's work together to create you know more ethical ai because what's what's really exciting to me about it though despite all the stuff I've, I've mentioned before is that this is a massive opportunity to change the playing field right we can make AI that makes it easy <laughs> for us to, you know, for instance, you know, take down the monopolies. Right? Just as, just as, you know, this system has been used to steal, you know, things from indie artists and creators. Imagine if we can use an AI to <laughs> steal IP from these large creators, from these large companies that have been absolutely, you know, corrupting the entire patent patent an IP system or have been exploiting the patent IP system, you know, to maintain patents for far longer than they're supposed to, 
right? Imagine if we can create an AI that can um, crawl through these patent patent offices and things like that and take anything from, <laughs> you know, uh, a big company, a company making over a certain amount of money. And then anybody that uses the AI can also use that, that patent or idea. And the AI itself can be distributed, right? Can use some sort of blockchain so that if they try to come after it, they they literally can't because it's too it's too diffuse there's nothing to attack <laughs> right this is why um a lot of them don't come after vr chat or maybe they do but it's really hard to do anything about it because people in vr chat can just upload their own stuff to vr chat like there's no um like vr chat i don't think well well maybe i'm wrong because i know they have centralized sense and i haven't been in there for a while so i might be wrong on this but to my knowledge, at least, they still do have a huge amount of um, IP in there, right? They still have a huge amount of, like, avatars and stuff like that from, that are made without, you know, any of these big companies um, um, okay on that. So what if we can create AI that, you know, that does stuff like that? Um, what if we can create AI that allows the average person to do the same things, you know, these larger companies um, are paying or are trying to make you pay out the ass to do, <laughs> right? Um, everything from providing internet service to providing, you know, access to certain content like YouTube, right? Can we create an AI system that automatically um, not centralizes? I guess that's you want to use that term, but like brings together, you know, content from anybody anywhere, on excuse me, online, and puts it into a, you know. Uh, a platform that people can access so you can see videos and content from other people regardless of where they're online but now you don't need a, a YouTube account you don't need a Google account you don't need to, you don't need to depend on on YouTube or Google for those services so YouTube or Google now can't have a monopoly on that service all right what if you could do the same thing for any any of the streaming services content all right for Disney Plus, for Netflix, for HBO, Paramount, all of them. So I think we're coming to a point where, yes, a lot of this AI is being used to, you know, further um, strengthen monopolies and things like that, or to further disenfranchise indie artists and you know regular everyday people. But the same technology can also be used to empower everyday people. And to disenfranchise these big ass monopolies, it only takes people realizing that oh, I can I can turn the tables. Because right now I feel like a lot of this stuff is being, you know, used from without much thought. Right? They're they're kind of technologies of opportunity, and because of their because they're just you know, um, exploiting <laughs> right just opportunities or taking advantage of whatever opportunities they see then it is utilizing the same momentum of the current system and it's just building that momentum more and more but if you instead stop and say okay i understand where we are what's going on but how can we use these systems to turn the tides a little bit if we can build with more intent right with more awareness of the current system and the problems they're in and how we can work to solve them then we can use these technologies to turn the tide, to stop the momentum and even reverse it. 
but that does take intent. You can't just, you know, depend on people to, you know, randomly come up with stuff <laughs> um, that will help us. That's why, that's why I, I really don't like the tech, um, the accelerationist view. Right, the, the accelerationist view, real quick, is just people who think, oh, you know, we think we need to move beyond capitalism, or you know, whatever system we have today, and the best way to do that is to let it run its course. <laughs> let it go, and in fact, encourage it so it runs as quickly as possible so that it d- demolishes itself. But the problem with that is you can easily, easily, easily lead everybody into self-destruction like we see today, right? Where things are changing so fast that people are not able to adapt. Or even worse yet, the only people who are able to adapt are the people who are already in power, who are already privileged. While everybody else is stuck, you know, drowning, right? To me, a good way to look at accelerationism is to look at, you know, people drowning on a, on a, <laughs> on a boat. If you think that, you know, this boat is not going to take us a good place, acceleration to say, oh, let's poke holes in the boat to make it sink faster. <laughs> Instead of, oh, let's build a better boat. Or, you know, let's take people off of this boat and onto another one. <laughs> right? Accelerations think, oh, let's, let's, let's sink it faster. And what happens is, you know, the people at the bottom of the boat, which is the poor people and all these people who are, un- who are you know, struggling already, are the first ones to drown. While the people at the top of the boat in first class and all this other stuff who can see that the thing is drowning can prep. They can, they can maintain their lifestyle. They can continue to, you know, exploit while at the same time planning what to do next and make their, you know, make their escape or whatever while everybody else is drowning. So I, I think a similar thing is happening with current day technologies. Like there's some people who think, oh, yeah, let's just create whatever cool technologies are out there. Just, you know, make AI happen, make the singularity happen, whatever. But they're not recognizing that there's tons and tons of people who are drowning, <laughs> who are being exploited, who are being harmed, who are being, you know, um, or worse with this technology and with the way things are going. And uh, it's 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 terrible. Oh goodness! But yeah, I think we can do better. As always, you know, it's not even an optimistic standpoint. It's a it's a realistic standpoint. It's a practical standpoint. I think we have to do better <laughs> if we want to see a better world. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. We have to do better. It's going to be hard, yes, but we can do it. There's no other choice either that or let us all die <laughs> drown. So yeah. If you're interested in doing better, hit me up. I'm always I'm always down. This has also been rekindling my my uh energy levels and my my desire to work on my own projects. I'm not gonna lie, I've been procrastinating on a lot of that stuff. Um and big reasons because as I've been watching videos about procrastination again, it's like <laughs> I have this fear, fear of failure. Um, but more so like fear of like that I, I'm not able to accomplish these things, that I'm not able to, to, to do these things, all these ambitious ideas I have. And so I end up, you know, 
doing very little or just you know tackling the stuff that I can on a daily day basis which like I feel like I've I've put myself in a in a spot where I can still do a little bit of good like you know I have a a good job where I'm working on good stuff I'm solving important problems I have you know working on the open metaverse stuff uh, which is still important and I talk to people on on these different things but I could definitely do a lot more but definitely like my confidence makes it extremely difficult for me to try and tackle these problems that I know are above me that are so far above me but as I keep looking I I see all these people Sam Bakeman Freed and all these other stuff that have massive amount of confidence and very little skills or they have a lot of confidence and a lot of skills but in the wrong place or with the wrong mindset so they end up creating things that are just worse and worse and making things worse meanwhile I may not have the skills or the confidence but I feel like I have a good grasp on the problems and how to solve them so I need to just just figure out how to boost my confidence and you know work even without that confidence until I gain more skills that will net me more confidence and so I can you know keep going that way but a big thing that does help is you (laughs) is people listening to this watching this and then saying hey I like what you're thinking about I believe in you or you know here's how I can help or you know things like that that support because that gives me the outside you know not validation because I I do believe validation is a a bad (laughs) bad way of looking at it but that does give me assurance that other people that I'm not crazy that I'm not just coming up with you know stuff out my ass I don't I'm pretty sure I'm not I do a lot of research you know and I'm constantly like improving my own thoughts on things but you know just having other people just say oh yeah I, I agree or even even if you don't agree like here's why I disagree at least that gives me assurance that other people are thinking about these things are having some critical thoughts <laughs> whereas I feel like a lot of times many many people are just 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 floating along right not even thinking about things from a deeper perspective and the, very, the, the people who are thinking about things from a deeper perspective are only looking at like how they can you know, take advantage of things. They're only looking at the surface level and saying, oh, yeah, this is how things, how things seem to work, so how can I you know, use it to my advantage? Right? Very, very few people are going deeper than the surface level, are going under the current system and saying, okay, how can we fix the system? Or how can we make a new system? Right? Very, very few people are doing that. So I really want more people to go deeper and to really think about how we can create a better world. Even if you disagree with me, at least I, if, if, I, if I know that you're thinking deeper, at least I can, I can, we can talk. <laughs> right? Because there's people who don't think very deeply, we can't really talk. <sighs> so yeah, let me know what you're thinking. And as always, let's, let's create a better world. Keep being awesome. And have a great day. See you. Bye-bye.